Good morning. It is time to get up with a big day in the NFL. Who will get tagged? Who will hit the free agent market? We're talking about all that. Plus, where could these quarterbacks be headed next? Our GM has an idea you won't believe. And is Jerry Jones getting advice from his players about how to get Dallas over the hump? We will talk about all that and more as we get up with you right now. Welcome to Get Up on this Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Graziano. In for Greeny, I got Mike Tannenbaum here with me at the Seaport, but that is not all. We also have Jeff Darlington and Harry Douglas here to talk some football because it is a newsworthy day on the NFL's offseason calendar. Today is the first day teams are allowed to use the franchise tags on players to keep them from hitting the free agent market. The teams have until March 5th to make those decisions, and there are some interesting ones this year. So we wanted to start today's show with a game of tag or no tag. Mike Tannenbaum, Saquon Barkley of the Giants, should they tag him or not? Graz, no tag. Even though he's 27 years old and presumptively in the prime of his career, he's given this organization six really good years, 35 rushing touchdowns, but it's time. There's too much angst and consternation going on in that organization. They don't need more. There's going to be a ton of running backs out there. Let them go to free agency, and you never know. Maybe they can work out a deal later on. We'll dive further into that later in the show. Meanwhile, Harry Douglas, T. Higgins of the Bengals. Tag or no tag? Yeah, I'm going to go tag. You got Joe Burrow coming back, Jamar Chase. You need to see if you can keep this band together to try to make a Super Bowl run for one more year if you're not able to keep T. Higgins in 2025. He missed five games this season. Kind of a down year for him, but I look forward to him having actually a big year in 2024, so I say tag him. Bengals, of course, trying to catch the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, and that brings us to our next one. Jeff, Chris Jones, tag or no tag? No tag, Roz, and, and this is a complicated one. I, I know we're going to go a little more in the weeds here, but he's going to get a 20% raise on his previous cap. That puts him at $32 million a year for this coming season. I ultimately think that they just need to work out the deal before free agency hits, keep Jones from going on the market, keep him with the Chiefs, but do it on a long-term deal. The tag at this point, we know what happened last year. We know that Chris Jones is willing to hold out and we know that the team doesn't necessarily want to pay him $32 million for this coming season. Don't tag him. Get the long-term deal done now. Yeah, they tried to do a long-term deal last year. And remember, he did hold out like into the season. He missed the first game. Uh, so we know he's willing to stand on principle there. We also know that his impact on the Chiefs' defense is absolutely massive when you dig into the numbers. When Jones is on the field, Kansas City's pass rush win rate is 17% higher than it is when he is not on the field. When he's on the field, Kansas City averages a sack for every 16 plays compared to a sack every 50 plays when he's not on the field. That is a significant impact player, and obviously we saw yeah. it come to life in the Super Bowl. Uh, we saw it in last year's Super Bowl. Uh, can, Harry, can the Chiefs pull off this three-peat if they don't bring Chris Jones back? Well, Let's say this. They have Patrick Mahomes, which is the standard at the quarterback position, and anything is possible. But I believe their chance is greater having Chris Jones on their roster. We're talking about a guy that not only plays defensive tackle, but you talk about versatility amongst that defensive line. 
and it allows defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo to be able to do a lot of different things within his defense. We look at the AFC Championship game versus the Cincinnati Bengals and how Chris Jones made an impact. In the Super Bowl, he literally stopped three touchdowns from happening because he's that dominant. Uh, a, a dominant guy on the defensive line like Chris Jones allows your linebackers to be able to run through and make plays consistent, consistently, but also George Kalafis. He was able to have 10 and a half sacks this year tied with Chris Jones because of the double teams that Chris Jones demands. Mike T, you're, put your GM hat on here for a second. Like you heard Jeff talk about all the issues that have surrounded this situation the last couple of years. What would your plan be with Chris Jones? I would be over communicative and say, hey, look, Chris, we will franchise you. We will swallow $32 million in 2024. Not ideal. I'd be having a very similar conversation with Legereus Steve, their great young corner. I want both of them back. We're trying to win the Super Bowl for the third time in a row, and we're going to work really hard to get a deal done. And you guys already laid out how valuable he is, especially against double teams. So there is a tremendous sense of urgency. Brett Veach and Andy Reid can enjoy the Super Bowl for about 10 minutes, and we're going to get Chris Jones signed. But he's going to know if we don't get this deal done, Graz, you will be franchised, and we will find enough levers under the cap to make sure that we can sign him. And look, to me, it's Chris Jones and LeJerry Steed, and you look at this graphic, we could draft a tackle, let those other guys graduate, but Chris Jones and LeJerry Steed have to be cheap to have a shot at that three-peat. But as you mentioned, Jeff, that is not going to be cheap or easy if they want to keep both right. of those guys. Do you think How essential do you think it, Chris Jones is for the Chiefs three-peating? So I think this is where the Chiefs hold the leverage. They have shown now that they are a dynasty, and dynasties morph into whatever they need to to win a Super Bowl. Last year, we would have gone into the season saying they need more wide receivers. Midway through this season, we would have said this team needs more wide receivers. And ultimately, they still won the Super Bowl without them. We can't say that this team needs anything. They could morph back into this coming season an offensive-powered football team and win the Super Bowl if they commit to the wide receiver room. So I don't believe that Chris Jones or anybody other than Patrick Mahomes is essential to this team going back to the Super Bowl once again. They just have to decide what their identity is going to be and commit to that. If they can't get the deal done with Chris Jones, go spend the money on more wide receivers. But ultimately, I think that this team has done a good job of showing they can redefine themselves, something they've done in the past two years, and, and still win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's an interesting point because two years ago we would have said Tyreek Hill was an irreplaceable player on the offense. All they've exactly. done since is won both Super Bowls. So maybe Chris Jones, as irreplaceable as he seems to be, maybe you're right, they can uh, find a way. We'll obviously be keeping tabs on that story as the offseason progresses. And, and look, I mean, the Chiefs are set up. We know this. We haven't even hit free agency yet. But as of this moment, ESPN, has, ESPN bet excuse me, has the Chiefs as the favorites to win the AFC just ahead of Baltimore and Buffalo. Bengals are the only team on this screen who did not win 10 games last season. They won nine after Joe Burrow got hurt. They currently have the fourth shortest odds. So this leads me to my next question, Jeff Darlington. Which of those teams, or, or a different one if you like, is the biggest challenger to the Chiefs in the AFC next year? Look, I still think it's the Ravens. The, what the Ravens did this year, I understand that they ultimately fell to the Chiefs, a team that has proven to be so clutch in big moments. But the Ravens showed that they are a championship-caliber team, and they, to me, don't feel like, number one, that they were a one-hit wonder, 
and number two, that they're going to be dismantled. It feels like this is a team that is building toward the moment. And I think that that's an important reason why they continue to be the team that will be the biggest issue to the Chiefs moving forward. Who do you like, Mike T? I'll go with the Cincinnati Bengals with a double asterisk. Asterisk number one is Joe Burrow is ready to go. Asterisk number two, T. Higgins is there, either tagged or a long-term deal. When you have him and Jamar Chase, it's almost impossible to have one, let alone two corners that can match up with those great wide receivers. They could outscore teams. We've seen uh, Cincinnati go into Kansas City and do just that. So if number nine there is healthy and T. Higgins is back with Jamar Chase, they're going to be the team that's hard to beat next year. Harry? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals because I've actually seen them do it in the playoff setting yeah. in the AFC Championship game. Not only that, Joe Burrow has had a lot of success versus Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think Cincinnati, if, if Joe Burrow can stay healthy, they pose the biggest threat, especially in the AFC, to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the key, right? Burrow hurt his thumb on his throwing hand, missed the latter part of the season, and if he comes back healthy, obviously that's a, that's a, that's a big if, but the Bengals are counting on it. They did go 9-8 and eight and finish in fourth place. So they're a good team that gets to play a fourth-place schedule, which I think could set them up pretty well to get a pretty good seed. Jeff, I, I mean, the Ravens, I love everything they're doing, but three significant losses on the defensive side on the coaching staff, oh, uh, and they got some free garbage. agent issues. No, we I don't, we don't think – I thought you were going to go with me. We don't, think, uh, we don't think Mike McDonald was important to what the Ravens did last year. Now he's the head coach of the Seahawks. No, and, no, no. I didn't mean yeah. – I just was – I was just disappointed to see you disagree with me. Oh, you didn't like me. my yeah, – I got it, got points. it. Yeah. Sorry just, to let you down. No, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I, I apologize. Well, I'll get you later on in the show. We'll see if there's, if there's something else we, we can – agree on but let's keep the conversation going with the AFC contenders how about a contender wish list we're going to give you the team and you tell me the one move they can make that will vault them past the Chiefs in the AFC Mike Tannenbaum start with you what's the one move that could put the Buffalo Bills ahead of the Chiefs they need to add another receiver opposite Stephon Diggs as Hembo reminded me last year they were third in explosive plays that fell all the way down to 26 Look, T. Higgins is probably going to be franchised, but if you get somebody like him or Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, another quality receiver to go opposite what Stephon Diggs used to be, a a tremendous receiver, he's probably a a notch down, that would go a long way in making Josh Allen and the Bills a team that can get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl. Jeff, how about your Baltimore Ravens? What is the uh, number one move they need to make to get past the Chiefs? Keep adding weapons. Keep going with this plan. Keep building around Lamar Jackson. Wide receiver. Go get another one opposite Zay Flowers. You saw the impact that a rookie wide receiver can have. Keep going. And by the way, throw in a running back as well. Go get Derrick Henry. But just keep adding weapons. Harry Douglas, the other team the Chiefs beat in the playoffs besides Buffalo and Baltimore was Miami. What's the one move that can put the Dolphins past the Chiefs? Uh, there, there isn't a move. Unless Patrick Mahomes <laughs> retires, Mike T, your team's not going. Excuse me, Jeff. The team that you mentioned isn't going. Patrick Mahomes is still living. He's still breathing. He's won three Super Bowls in the last five years with two MVPs. So if Patrick Mahomes isn't retiring, I don't have any of these teams uh, over, over the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just simple I, I- as that. You know, Harry, I have just the solution, which is he's the Michael Jordan 
of this era. Michael Jordan played baseball right in the middle of prime. Yeah. His dad was a baseball player. The Royals are in Kansas City. Maybe we could get that done. So that's it. That's how the AFC catches up with the Chiefs is Mahomes takes two years off to play baseball like Michael Jordan did once upon a time. Good luck with that. I don't think that one is in the cards uh, for the AFC contenders. We've got a lot more to talk about on Get Up this morning. When we come back, the big back on everyone's minds is Saquon. But is he even the best running back option out there for contending teams? We'll discuss that. Plus, with major quarterback talent in the draft, which teams need to move up and take one? We've got ideas, and some of them might surprise you. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Get Up is brought to you by Will Trent. New episodes Tuesdays at 8, 7 central. Stream on Hulu. Meanwhile on planet Earth, take a look at this from the Texas basketball halftime show. This is uh, Roberto the Magnificent on his three-story unicycle. Uh, I think he stole this act from Jeff Darlington. Uh, right, Jeff? Yeah. This is This is something you can do. I can do, do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, this sure. guy can dunk. He can shoot threes. Look at that. He's dribbling the ball. Roberto the Magnificent. Hey, hey, Graz, but can he spin plates the way Jeff Darling? Probably not. I mean, like up way up there on a three-story <laughs> unicycle. Look at this. He's gonna Thank shoot, you. he's gonna shoot the three. Wow. How long did the halftime show go on? It took him, it took him half the time to get up All there right. on the uh, on the unicycle. Oh, and then we're gonna juggle bowling pins. I could do this. You could? You could, could juggle? Juggle bowling yeah. pins on a three-story yeah, unicycle? 
<laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll, on the the offseason, we're looking for content. But I think we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see if we can uh, we can do that. And maybe they can replace the NBA All-Star game with this uh, next year because Ooh. it might have been more fun to watch. Hey, uh, back on Get Up, we're talking about the draft where this year uh, has a quarterback-rich class. And here is Mel Kuyper Jr.'s latest QB big board. Features the last two Heisman Trophy winners you see there in the one and two spots. Uh, as well as the two quarterbacks who played in this year's national championship game. You see there in the four and five spots. So it's time now for Trader Mike's with Mike Tannenbaum. Mike, give us a couple of quarterback-related draft trades you would like to see done this season. All right, Grimes, first one. The Atlanta Falcons going from the eighth pick to the third pick, and they're going to get one of the three best quarterbacks. New England will move back to the eighth spot, get a one next year, and they'll get one of the big three. And to me, it's likely going to be either Jaden Daniels or Drake May. I think Caleb Williams goes one overall. But now all of a sudden, Atlanta gets that very coveted quarterback that they need to grow with all those other young weapons. All right, I want to run this by Mr. Atlanta, Harry Douglas. What do you think about this move, Harry? Uh, I like this trade a lot. You talk about the Atlanta Falcons. You look at the last 24 years. They drafted Michael Vick in 2001, uh, number one overall franchise changer. 2008, they drafted Matt Ryan, third <laughs> overall franchise changer. So for the Atlanta Falcons moving forward, you want that franchise-changing quarterback that's young. You move up at number three and try to go get one of them. Mike T suggesting a big move up to three for Atlanta. What do you think about that, Jeff? The Patriots at three, do they need to stay put and take a quarterback, or should they be thinking about trading down? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to depend on how they evaluate these guys, but this yeah. is still better than Russell Wilson to the Jets, is all I we got plenty of time here, Jeff. has been waiting since yesterday to, to tee off on Mike. <laughs> Let's see we, where he goes. That's a tease. We are going to get to that again. But, Mike T., in the meantime, give us another draft trade uh, you'd like to see. Okay, Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to need a quarterback. They're cutting Jimmy G, so they have to get up. So, in this trade, they're going all the way up to number two. That's going to cost a lot. That's going to cost this year's first-round pick. It's going to cost them a second-round pick, next year's one, and a really good young player, Michael Mayer. Now, if you're Washington, boy, now you're really recouping on the fly. You have Sam Howell. You still have a chance of getting maybe J.J. McCarthy. I think this is a real win-win for both teams. What do you think of this one, Jeff? I think the commanders just have to know what they're going to do at quarterback. I, I, yeah. I like the idea of building picks, but they're in this coveted number two spot where they can get a franchise guy if they – even if, I mean, they can either move up to one or get them at two. But I just think that they got to come out of this draft, in my opinion, with one of those big three quarterbacks. Harry, do you agree the commanders need a quarterback with one of those two picks? Yeah, we also got to remember, like, this is a new ownership group with the Josh yeah. Harris group. And they're yeah. trying to change Good a point. lot of things and reset things with amongst that franchise. So I think a franchise quarterback will be a big need and something that also the city and the area needs as well. Mike T, give us one more team that needs to trade up for a quarterback in a draft. New York Giants. It hasn't worked out with Daniel Jones. He has one year to go. Oh. So let's go all the way up to number one. In this scenario, the Bears keep Justin Fields. And look at the haul they get. They're still picking in the top six. And then they come out with a two, a one, and a two next year. And a really good young pass rusher in Kayvon Thibodeau to pair with Montez Sweat. And now, if you're the New York Giants, you get Caleb Williams. They got Daniel Jones still on the books for 30, what, 30 million, 34 million this year. Harry, what do you think about the Giants making a big move like that to get to the number one pick? Ooh, I mean, I like it for the Giants because I don't believe in Daniel Jones, but for the Chicago mm. Bears, this will be three 
three opportunities that they had to get their franchise quarterback moving forward, but also resetting the market quarterback-wise. So I don't like it for the Chicago Bears moving forward. What do you think, Jeff? I just don't see it as a possibility. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong here just from the standpoint that the Giants committed to Daniel Jones, like love it or hate it. They kind of are stuck with it in some capacity, at least in terms of like if they're going to find a replacement for Daniel Jones, to me, it has to be in a later round that they, they just nail like Brock Purdy kind of deal. I, I just don't necessarily think they can go all the way up to get one given what they did with Jones. Man, that's a tough plan to execute, wait around and get your franchise quarterback with the last pick. I don't know too No, many I, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> able to pull that off. <laughs> How about you guys? Who do you, Kyle Jeff, who do you right, though. Who, which team do you think needs to trade up to get their quarterback in this draft? Jeff. So I, I think Washington at two, but it's one of the most fascinating drafts that I can remember at the top just because, first of all, we start with the Bears who have to make the decision on Justin Fields but are in a position to get so much for that pick. And then you move to the Commanders, who might be the most QB-needy team in this whole draft at number two. So, And all the plethora of other teams that Mike T. just threw out the Giants. There's a host of other teams that could move up. So whatever happens at one and two, you could convince me right now of about 100 different scenarios that I would believe. So fascinating in the coming months. What would that deal look like to go from two to one, Mike? Boy, you know, it would probably be a one next year. And again, yeah. Ryan Poles has done a great job of maximizing that value. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, connecting the dots. Cliff Kingsbury coming over from SC with Washington. So if I was Chicago and I loved Drake May or Jaden Daniels, I would consider it. But for me, like, let's not overcomplicate things, as Harry alluded to. Let's just take Caleb Williams if we're the Bears. Yeah, I would think that's that's the most likely. Harry, what do you think about teams that should move? What You have an eye on... Do you have your eye on a team that should move up and draft a quarterback at the top of the draft? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. If they feel like uh, the quarterback market is, is not what they deem it should be for their football team moving forward, you talk about young players and young offensive weapons. They have a solid offensive line. They have two stout running backs in Tyler Ajir, who eclipsed 1,000 yards in his rookie year. I had a solid second year as well. B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith, Drake London. So think about all those guys with a quarterback like Jaden Daniels getting them the football, but also a threat rushing the football as well. So I like the Atlanta Falcons moving up at three. It'd be interesting. Whoever ends up being quarterback for the Falcons is going to show up and look around and be like, man, I got some people I can throw the ball to. No? Yeah, no, totally I, agree. Absolutely. And, and I think, like, when you start connecting the dots, Graz, like, maybe it's Justin Fields in a trade, but if not, I think at eight, you're really in no man's land, and that's why I think Atlanta's the team of all these scenarios that, to me, to get at least a three makes a ton of sense. Jeff, you agree on Atlanta? I, I I think that's the ultimate trump card. Justin Fields, by the way, from Atlanta. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Nearby. Yeah. I, I just think that, that that Justin Fields card, like, you do take Caleb Williams, well, then the fascination becomes what happens to Justin Fields, who a lot of teams will give up a lot for, namely, shoot, the Atlanta Falcons. That's a great call. Yeah, Bears are obviously sitting in a very good spot for the second year in a row, and obviously the NFL world waits to find out exactly what they plan to do. We have a lot more coming your way on Get Up this morning. When we come back, is Jerry Jones getting advice from his players about how to get Dallas over that postseason hump? And if so, should he listen? We'll kick that around. You're watching Get Up on ESPN.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The NFL's franchise tag window opens today. It's the first day in a two-week window where teams can designate players as franchise players, keep them off the free agent market. And one of the top candidates for the tag, once again, is Giants running back Saquon Barkley. We just saw him recently uh, this weekend, in fact, at the NHL Stadium Series at MetLife Stadium. He was tagged by the Giants last year, so this year it's going to cost them about $12 million if they want to do it again. A lot of uncertainty around this situation, but Saquon uh, has made it clear he wants to stay. He told the New York Post during Super Bowl week, quote, they know where I want to be. Ownership said they want me to be a giant for life, too. Last year, we tried our best at the end. Business happened, and we didn't get it done. So back at the top of the show, we're playing tag or no tag. Mike T said uh, Saquon should not be tagged by the Giants. If he was the Giants, he would not use the tag on Saquon for the second year in a row. Jeff, do you agree with Mike? I do agree with Mike. $12 million suddenly is even richer for running back. About business last year not being able to get done. Well, unfortunately for the running backs, business is no better this year. I remember talking to a general manager last offseason talking about how this was going to be the saturated market in 2024. There was no reason to pay running backs last year, and it's going to get even more difficult this year. So if you're the Giants, I don't think you look at Saquon Barkley and say, yeah, he's he's now earned even more than we were going to give him last year. It's to me not going to get done. The Giants should simply not tag him, look elsewhere, and see ultimately how this running back market flushes out. Yeah, I mean, obviously we remember last year the running back market was a big story, and it sounds like it will be again, and not in the way that the running backs wish it would. So look, if he is a free agent, uh, which which team out there, like if you were a team out there, like who who would be excited about bringing in Saquon Barkley? Who should pursue him? Roz, this one's easy. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard was mildly disappointing replacing Zeke Elliott. His production went down by about 25%, as Hembo reminded me. So when you're looking at free agency, the first thing you do is say, if we're going to go outside our building, who can we get in the division to help us and hurt our opponent? And trust me, the last thing the New York Giants want to see, if Saquon Barkley graduates this year, is him with a star on the side of his helmet. Could you imagine... The first time Dallas rolls into town with Saquon as a cowboy, and he would be perfect because he can catch, he could run. I think his pass protection has actually gotten better. And based on the way Tony Pollard played, I actually think he would improve that position for the 2024 Cowboys. 
Jeff, you like buffalo, it said there on the, on the bottom. There you go. You like buffalo for yeah. Saquon? Yeah. With a massive disclaimer, it's about value. And I, I again, mm. I think that running backs are going to come at a great value because of the saturated market. The Bills do need some, somebody to compliment James Cook, and I think Saquon would be awesome at it. But at what cost? I also think the Cowboys. All of these teams make sense. But again, at what cost? I don't see a team overpaying. You saw the graphic up there uh, on the bar there, $14 million for several running backs. I don't think any running back is going to get $14 million for a very long time until it's a guy like Christian McCaffrey again. I just think that the Bills could go get someone like him as long as the cost is honestly in a year. Harry's team is the Texans, which has uh, obviously coming off of C.J. Stroud's big rookie year, trying to maximize things around their, their young quarterback. Harry, why do you like Saquon in Houston? Well, number one, you look at the Houston Texans, they have a ton of cap space. And if you're Saquon Barkley, you say to yourself, I'm not going to get uh, I'm not going to have to pay state income tax in the state of Texas as well down in Houston. But you look at how Kristen McCaffrey was used with the San Francisco 49ers. Bobby Slowick came from that Shanahan tree. You talk about a guy that can be a threat out of the backfield as a pass catcher, running eight's choice, being matched up against linebackers, wheel routes, rail routes down the sideline, being able to do a variety of different things. And you got C.J. Stroud for the next three years is only going to count $30 million versus the cap. So I think if you're Houston, you say, you know, our time right now, uh, that window is open. Let's go ahead and try to make a splash and make things happen. And you see there, I put Baltimore just because, I mean, they got the Dobbins and uh, Gus Edwards free yeah. agents. They're going to need somebody. But, th th like, that's my point. Like, they need somebody. But, like, is, is Saquon even the best option out there? What, what, this running back market that Jeff's talking about, like, you're going to it's a buyer's market, right? You're going to be able to pick whoever you want. Yeah, Graz, I agree with what Jeff said. I mean, you look at the supply here, it's unbelievable. And a couple of those guys going back a year ago, Dan, Tony Pollard, Saquon, Josh Jacobs, they were all franchised. Yeah. And you can see paying these guys one year at a time, there's tremendous value. So I, I do think $12 million is really high. Now, look, for the guys that are explosive and, and third down difference makers, like what Pollard should have been, what Saquon right. is, there may be a little bit more value there. But I think $12 million is probably the ceiling. I think we're below 10, And I think patience will be well served for these teams to say, I can even get a guy maybe after the draft. Right. And, I mean, Jeff, like to your original point, like, like it, it, it's, it's going to be – you're not going to have to overpay to get a guy, but maybe there is a team out there that looks at a specific yeah. running back, like a Derrick Henry or a Saquon, as somebody like, hey, that, he could be really special in our system. Maybe that helps a little bit. The, uh, yes, but this is going to be uh, – this is going to be one of the stories of the offseason again. Just like it became that last – it's again where we start to talk about the running backs – and their value because teams do a uh, you look at down in like Miami when with with uh, the midi back approach that they had going I just think that that's the approach that the NFL is going to take now yeah unfortunately Jeff's uh, sound cutting out on us I'm sure that was incredibly insightful and, and it's a shame the viewers didn't get to hear it what no it's called karma he takes a shot at my Russell Wilson. Oh, That's called karma. I think we need to get Jeff's sound fixed yeah. before we do have the Russell Wilson discussion <laughs> later in the show. Uh, look, if, if we want to switch from that. We were talking about the Giants and Saquon. You brought up Dallas, and I want to talk about Micah Parsons. Because if you feel like Micah Parsons has been everywhere this offseason, you're not wrong. You see him here <laughs> winning MVP of the Celebrity All-Star Game over the weekend. Uh, and then he caught up with our Stephen A. Smith on the podcast circuit. Here's Parsons talking about his relationship with Cowboys team owner Jerry Jones. 
and we just sit and talk from before the game until the whole half about players I want to bring in, players I want to be around, who do I need, who do I want to be with, future of our team. Um, and that's just dope to have that type of feedback with an owner that, you know, loves to hear your ideas and what you think and where the team can be. All right, uh, Harry, apart from the buddy comedy we absolutely need to see, uh, that's Micah Parsons and Jerry Jones. What do you think about this Cowboys offseason? Jerry said he was going to be all in. What are you expecting from Dallas? Ooh, um, I believe it when I see it. I'm not going to let Jerry Jones be a magician and trick me and be all talk. One thing I know about Jerry, he can sell water to a well, but he's not going to sell that water to me. I will believe going all in when I see Jerry Jones go all in. This is a show me world. You can't tell me A, B, C, or D. I need to see A, B, C, or D. So that's how I feel about the entire situation. So we know he's talking to Micah about who he wants him to bring in. If you were next, like if, if Micah's meeting ended and you were the next one into Jerry Jones' office, what suggestions would you make for this offseason? Well, the first thing I would say to Micah is I know how much GMs make and I know how much pass rushers make. Don't quit your day job, Micah. You're doing great. But what I would do is I would spend my way out of the cap situation, meaning I would sign C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Micah to huge sign bonus, lower their cap numbers. But what I would do is we've talked a lot about their character, their culture, Graz. I would go sign Levante David or Bobby Wagner. Leighton Van Der Esch in all likelihood is going to retire. They need to be bigger in their front seven. Go get a veteran leader as an inside linebacker. And then at the running back position, like we talked about, go get Saquon Barkley. Harry, we've been talking about that a lot this week, about the idea of Cowboys and internal leadership. Uh, in your experience as a player and being in locker rooms, is that something you can import from the outside? Like if they went out and signed a Bobby Wagner or someone like that, do you think that would be a, a, a helpful move for them in terms of off-the-field stuff? Yeah, 100%. And when I was in Atlanta, uh, 2000, after the 2008 season, we signed a guy, Tony Gonzalez, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Tony Gonzalez played a huge role on our football teams, and he was also one of the leaders, along with a lot of other people. Uh, we also brought in a guy, uh, Mike Peterson. Mike Peterson at the linebacker position. He was one of our leaders on our football team. So you can definitely do it, bringing somebody uh, in from the outside. Uh, I just think for this football team moving forward, uh, it, they talk so much and there's so much going on and we focus on the outside things that we don't really focus on the football part so much because of what this guy's saying, that guy's saying. I think for them, the main thing has to be the main thing moving forward. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, obviously he can say, as Harry pointed out, Jerry can say all in all he wants, but the Cowboys have been very measured and deliberate in free agency in recent years. They don't usually make that big splash. But they should make that big splash on their own guys. Under the CBA, you could spread out a sign bonus over five years, and again, you could lower the cap numbers on those big three. Yeah. C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott. That gives you the room to go out and add some pieces. Again, what really hurt them this year was the size of their front seven. When Van Der Esch went down, Damone Clark, Marquez Bell, they weren't big enough. And as we talked about, bringing in a leader, killed two birds with one stone. They should have enough cap room to do it. And again, you could spend your way out of the situation with massive signing bonuses for those three key players. That deal especially, his cap number sitting at $59.5 million. They're going to have to find some way to knock that down. When we come back on Get Up, much more football talk. Rodgers and Russ. Mike T is going to explain the idea that is absolutely breaking the internet of why the Jets need to make this one particular completely insane move. You have to hear it, and you will when we come back on Get Up.
Simone Biles is back, and she just keeps on winning. After withdrawing from competition at the Tokyo Olympics two years ago to focus on her mental health, Biles earned an eighth national title, breaking a record which had stood since 1933. Biles is now the winningest gymnast ever. She won her first all-around world championship title at 16, the first black gymnast to do so. Three years later, in Rio, Biles won four gold medals, setting another record for American female gymnasts at a single event. In total, Biles has racked up 37 Olympic and world championship medals. Not bad for an athlete who wasn't sure if she would ever compete professionally again. But she's not done. Biles hopes to compete in the 2024 Summer Olympics and continue her golden reign. Back on Get Up, and it is time for Right or Wrong NFL Offseason Edition. Harry Douglas, if I said to you the Steelers are the best fit for Justin Fields, am I right or wrong? I'm going to go wrong. I'm going to go the Atlanta Falcons, and here are some of the reasons why. You talk about the NFC South versus the AFC North. Uh, competing in that division, the NFC South is easier. I also believe the young, phenomenal talent that the Atlanta Falcons have offensively, those guys will be easier to work with as well. And then last but not least, you talk about Justin Fields being from Atlanta, Georgia. He will be home and he will be the most comfortable as well. So those are the three main reasons why I say Atlanta. Jeff, what do you think about the idea of Fields on the Steelers? Fields on the Steelers, I, I'm not ready to think that that's going to put them over the hump yet. I, mm. I just don't think that the Steelers are quite a quarterback away from being a championship contender, especially in that division. I think he's perfect for Pittsburgh. I think Justin Fields is very similar to Ryan Tannehill, someone that had a ton of success with Arthur Smith in Tennessee, the new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. They have a lot of really good weapons that have been underutilized. So I think Fields and Pittsburgh is a great marriage and makes Pittsburgh a lot more competitive next year. Where Fields goes, obviously one of the big offseason storylines we are tracking. Jeff, if I said the Cowboys should pursue Derrick Henry, am I right or wrong? I'm going to say wrong, not because this wouldn't be a decent fit and not because ultimately it, it won't happen. It could, but I think that the Dolphins or the Ravens are teams that could pursue him with uh, with better kind of strength because the Cowboys, until they extend Dak Prescott with that $60 million hit coming up, they're currently $20 million over the cap just from a logistics standpoint. I get the idea of it. Very cool. But logistically, I don't think the Cowboys can be in the market for any types of shiny new objects. Yeah, nor are the Dolphins until they figure out Christian Wilkins in there over the cap by about $50 million. So I, I don't think uh, Derrick Henry will be going there either. But to me, like, what's great about Derrick Henry and the Cowboys to me, Graz, is the old pass to score and run to win. He's a great closer. And we're down opposing teams' defenses. No one's going to want to tackle him in the second half. And for all those close games they play, I think he'd be a great fit there. Harry, you agree? Yeah, I do, because the Cowboys are one-dimensional. And in my opinion, if you're going to win a Super Bowl in today's age, you can't be one-dimensional unless you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But even they are able to rush the football effectively when they need to. I think they rely so much on Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and that combination. You add a mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, you add a lot more balance to that offense. And I think the Dallas Cowboys are sitting uh, in a great position. 
All right, we got one more on, on right or wrong. And Mike T, this one's for you. I, I don't know where this came from. Somebody threw this out on the internet. Internet's a crazy place. Jets <laughs> should pursue Russell Wilson uh, right or wrong. Wrong, right? I mean, like, there's no there's no way they should do that. And the internet That's was crazy. Uh, unanimously supportive, Dan. <laughs> I'll bet it was. So he, here's the context of what I'm, I'm saying. The Jets last year, of all the things that happened, oh, context. they missed big time on a backup quarterback. They need a veteran quarterback who's going to be inexpensive. And at some point, Russell Wilson's going to have to determine, do I want to keep playing? And if I want to play, I need to resurrect my career. I'm not going to be a starter. So to me, for one year, this is a marriage of convenience. And if I'm the Jets with a 41-year-old Aaron Rodgers coming off of an Achilles tendon uh, injury, they can't count on him playing 17 games. 66 different quarterbacks started. It is a little bit out of the box, but this is could work for one year. Because who else are the Jets going to get that works under their salary cap? Well, I, I, look, I had my chance on this yesterday. Harry, uh, what, what do you think about Jets getting Russell Wilson to back up Aaron Rodgers? Well, look, what time is it, guys? It's 8.49 a.m. Yeah. Mike T. about to make me go downstairs in my bar and take a shot of tequila. Mike <laughs> T., please stop. So who's your backup quarterback for the Jets? I mean... Any number of people. It won't Not be Russell Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Jeff. Won't be Russell Wilson. A marriage of convenience. A marriage of, what is this? <laughs> First of all, the polygamists, they're already married Whoa. to Aaron Rodgers. You can't bring in another uh, Russell Wilson, another alpha. You bring it in a side work, piece? Mike T. You bring it in a side piece in, in <laughs> Russell Wilson when Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is supposed to be the main piece? How do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to feel about that? I, here's a point we didn't make on yesterday's show. Who's the offensive coordinator for the Jets? Well, apparently Aaron Rodgers is the head coach, the GM. Who is the, the offensive coordinator? My title, it's Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Do, do he and Russell Wilson know each other? Have they worked together before? Right. Again, my point is Might this. Might have been he, the worst Russell, offense in the history of football. And Russell Wilson is going to be out there in May. And if you're the Jets, again, let's go back. The Cleveland Browns had four different starting quarterbacks, won 11 games. Joe Flacco played good football. The Jets missed on Zach Wilson, and that really cost them their season last year. So the point I'm making here is, given their cap constraints, yeah. given that the fact they need an offensive lineman and a wide receiver, they need somebody that can check all those boxes at quarterback. And I can't think of a lot of other salary cap friendly veteran quarterbacks that could come in and hold the fort for three to four games the way someone like Russell Wilson could. Yeah, look, we all agree that the Jets need to have a better backup quarterback situation yeah. than they had last year. But uh, we also all agree, other than Mike, that this is not the guy. Harry, what else <laughs> do the Jets need? Like, if you're, if you're running the Jets, other than backup quarterback, um, what else would you do for the Jets this offseason? Well, I think if the Jets want to do anything, the offensive line is at the forefront more than any position in the National Football League. You talk about if you can't protect Aaron Rodgers, they were tied for third um, with the most sacks given up amongst their offensive line. So if you can't protect a, a Aaron Rodgers, who we know can be deadly throwing the football, but he's coming off an Achilles injury. If you can't protect your quarterback, you don't have a shot. So offensive line needs, they have to secure that up and make sure Aaron Rodgers is protected in 2024. Jeff, what do you think the Jets need most other than Russell uh, Wilson? <laughs> Completely agree. <laughs> I mean, they could put Russell Wilson in an offensive line. They need <laughs> offensive line. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt again, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not a, one of these people who's convinced. Yes, cool. Joe Flacco did a nice job with the Browns. The Jets are all in with Aaron Rodgers. I, I am not one of these people who think that if they had a better backup this past season that they're in the Super Bowl. It's either Super Bowl or bust when they signed Aaron Rodgers. They need more offensive line. 
any money should not be devoted toward the backup quarterback. It should be devoted toward the offensive line. And that's why Russell Wilson out of a million dollars actually makes sense. Jeff, thanks, thanks for just, making my point. Just, just oh, now you're negotiating for him. Right into it, Jeff. Russell Wilson, of course, <laughs> getting that $39 million from the Broncos no matter I just, what. I yeah. love, by the way, that Mike T just is leaning in. Like, I respect that. Just gets you, crushed on the internet for this take, and he's leaning in with great context. You have context, to admire. I just, <laughs> I go by, it, just go by the facts. You have to admire his conviction. There's no question about that. Hey, it's time to get up and go. We're going to run through some headlines throughout the sports landscape from yesterday. The Daytona 500 was pushed to Monday because of rain, and it was an ex- it's an exciting finish. Uh, first, with under 10 laps left, you see this massive crash happening that wiped out over 20 cars. Then at the end, just as the leaders were taking the white flag for the last lap, more chaos as another wreck happened, putting the race under caution. In the end, it was William Byron getting the win as he was by inches in first place at the time of the caution. His first ever 500 victory. In baseball, spring training is underway, and we got our first glimpse of Shohei Ohtani in a Dodgers uniform. The $700 million man hit a towering home run in his uh, first batting practice against live pitching and should be on track to play on opening day. And on the ice yesterday afternoon, goals everywhere. The Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks combined for 17 goals. Most in a game this season, inspired by the NBA All-Star Game. Three different players recorded a hat trick in the game. First time that has happened in the NHL since 1992. The Wild won this one 10-7. Speaking of hockey, Thursday night is ESPN Hockey Night. NHL points leader Nikita Kucherov and the Lightning host Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals at 7 Eastern. Then on ESPN Plus, the Predators square off against the Kings. That's at 10.30 Eastern. Coming up, it's a big day in the NFL. Which stars will get tagged? Which stars will hit the free agent market? We've got every NFL angle covered this morning on Get Up. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.